What up, what up, what's happening, good people? Welcome to this edition of Herb and Two, alongside Tucson Werner. My name is Herb Howard. Every Thursday and Saturday, we are here hanging out with you wonderful people, talking about issues that currently impact the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us individually and also how they impact us as a collective and along with your immense help. We talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, <laughs> overcome them individually, but perhaps more importantly, at least for the sake of this conversation, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to be a part of this conversation. As always, your input is valued. It is certainly appreciated. Anything you want to add to the conversation, feel free to do so in the comments. We kindly request that you please take a quick second to share the broadcast. Share on your personal page, share within your personal network, share with anyone that you think would add value to or find value in this particular conversation. Again, this is Herb and Two, it is intellectual. Thinking and shit. Thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb, his name is Two. Two, what's happening, good brother? What's up, family? I'm blessed and highly favored, man, how are you? I'm good, man, I'm good. I ain't, ain't, ain't too much to complain about. Um, you know what? Scratch that. I'm sorry. Let me stop for a second. Come on. Salute to you, my nigga. I well, seen well, I you do. on the uh, Jared Payton show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Getting a lot of acclaim. I see you, my brother. I see you. I'm proud of you, man, making moves in these streets. Yeah, no, nah, man. I appreciate it, man. Uh, shout out to Jared Payton. We hung out on uh, WGN, they sports show, uh, one night. Talking about the Bears. It was cool, man. Uh, put up a couple clips, and some people just called me. Like, I saw it on the news. I saw it. I saw it. I was like, okay, that's what's up, man. I appreciate it. So, yeah, it was, the response has been good from it. It was fun. Uh, I got a little pushback too, though. What up? Right. And I, I shared it, but I share all your shit. But I share all our shit. Yeah. I share all our shit collectively. Yeah. And I thought about it like, I remember one time I got a job. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker called me like, man, congratulations. And I was like, for what? Because you got a job. Motherfucker, I've been running businesses for the past 12 mm. years. You never said congratulations mm. about none of that shit. Mm. You never thought about none mm. of that shit. You didn't even value none of that shit. Mm. No, that's real. Right? I made it 12 years without needing a job. And boom, now you congratulate me for this fucking job that That's I can give a shit about. That's real. And I just thought about it, and I, so I salute you because I salute you and you my brother. But I was watching the page. No, you're right. And I saw how much interaction that shit was getting. I was like, man, you, it's you, very interesting. No, you, you, you 100% correct. I was too. It, it, goes to, it goes to everything else we always talking about. It's that proximity to whiteness. And so for her to just to, to, to do, because I didn't say shit on there that I don't say on all of the bigs. Websites and the bigs drops and the bigs YouTube page. I didn't put up no thing different from putting up the clips that we put up for Herb and Two all the time, and none of that shit gets that kind of response. It's like, oh, there's this validation that comes with whiteness. Oh, that was WGN or that was NBC, and it's like that was the same nigga that y'all been knowing forever. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I went back and looked at your page, just like overall. I'm like, let me see. Like, does her post? Even though I know you did, but like, yeah. does her post Herb and Two? Does he post the yeah. Bigs clips? And I went and like specifically yeah. looked for that exact reason too. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You you're 100 correct. Yeah, that shit that shit irritates me. And I know that on you, but it's just how we e- equate the value and how we understand value. I just thought it was you could see it in real time in situations. Yeah, like you're 100 percent correct. Mean, it was like, def- definitely that, apparent. Yeah, when that mother called me for real, it was like, "Hey, congratulations on the job." I was like, "For what?" Like my mind. You should have been congratulating me for <laughs> really. I, you should have given me some empathy if I had to do this shit because this ain't what I'm on. My condolences for my you having condolences. to go back to work. This is not the goal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, that's real, G. That's real. But that that that's that's how the whole thing is. Like I, I think that the 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 congratulations should be about and this is this is everybody across the board. This is people in my family. This is everybody that's just as it relates to this sports journalism shit. Everybody's like, oh man, shit. NBC should be calling, ESPN should be calling. I'm like, two things. One, they already have, right? And number two, you you what I you should be more proud of the fact that this independently black owned sports media network is in the places that we're in. That we cover all the teams that we cover. That that our journalists, our editors, our cameramen, our like our, our whole shit Here's is black. To think about, though. Be excited about that if you're gonna be excited. But don't don't get excited when it's like, oh, now you're close to some white folks. Here's something to think about though, right? Uh, it's a backhanded compliment. NBC, they don't know it though. ABC, all those people are calling from what you all was able to spawn off the bigs. Exactly. So it's just interesting to me that they see the value, while we can't seem to see the value. 
Yeah, we don't see it until 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 they validate. They validate it. That's just so interesting to me, right? Like Trash. people don't get the inner workings of how certain shit works, and it's like again, like they say, a prophet is never uh, valued or recognized in his hometown. Like yeah. that's some biblical shit. Like you got to leave your area to get value. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, all all of the all of the you know sports that people consume in in the city of Chicago, being the third largest market in sports market and all that. Um, you would think that that people like like Terrence Tomlin, like Eugene McIntosh, you would think people would be elated to know them because of that. Like, I, oh, I really know them; they doing this shit. But it wouldn't. It's not going to be in today in closer proximity to whiteness as you see fit. Then it's going to be like ah, and it's not that I don't appreciate the responses I do, um, but that what you just said was absolutely not lost. But on it me. also I allows for those major entities to steal from the little guys continuously, like. Shout out to Gene, shout out to T, shout out to you. Yeah. One of the things that always blows my mind is it makes me angry with Gene and T, and you too for that matter, because you're part of that team. Well, fuck that, I'm part of that team. We always hollering this the same shit, like Gene family, uh, T family, of course you family, but a few years ago, they came up with the nickname El Mago, which is like, was rated the number one nickname in all of baseball. The short, former shortstop for the Cubs, Javier Baez, they gave him the nickname El Mago. It's his... It's his moniker it's his at this name point, now. right? Um, they sell merch with this shit. Yeah, well, this, not, oh, on the back they're of the making jersey. millions of dollars off this shit. It was voted on MLB.com as the best nickname in baseball. Best nickname in baseball. Out of 50. They derived 50. off the south side of Chicago was some Beasley and Whitney Young graduates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the world don't know that. Well. But then the world gravitates to El Mago or the entities in the industry gravitate, gravitates to El Mago. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it bothers me because that's how we... It prevents us uh, ability to grow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the people who should be paying attention to these platforms and to these entities don't even value them. To the larger entities start to say, "Hey, they were valuing." You I think that's I mean? why it's important that that we honor our own, that we lift up our own. Uh, absolutely thrilled to announce that Herbin Two, uh, as a podcast, and us as 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 people um, are being honored for in the Colony Social Merit Gala coming up uh, in March uh, as champions of change, and we are. Um, absolutely honored to be one of the honorees absolutely. to be honored uh, alongside people doing so much great work. So shout out to Color Me Social. Uh, the Mary Gala is is always always <laughs> super dope. It's really really fun. Uh, I've never had the privilege of being honored. Uh, I've always enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and so it's a, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege. So uh, make sure y'all go follow Color Me Social. That's Color with the U C O L. Oh, you are me, social, color me social, uh, follow them on social media, uh, and get your tickets to the gala. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. You get dressed up, full drinks, the whole nine, but we turn up like, like, <laughs> after we handle the business and do all this, you know, <laughs> philanthropic work, it'd be a whole big ass party and it's, it's real, real fun. It's black as hell and it's dope. So, uh, super, super honored to be, uh, one of the honorees at the color me social Mary Gala in 2023. Looking forward to that, too. Yeah, salute, man. Uh, champions of change, right? I yeah. absolutely respect that and I honor that. And, of course, we're going to champion Color Me Social because, these, like you said, these are the entities that we got to appreciate, right? Homegrown, recognize the value in, you know, being relatable in a horizontal way. One of the things that a business professional once told me a long time ago, man, he was like, man, the way black people get confused because they always try to network vertically. Mm. He's like, when you network vertically, the people at the top of you don't need you. So if you do come with some value, all they're going to do is take it from you. Right. Right? When you network horizontally, the people next to you grow together. Right. We have a misunderstanding. We always trying to do this work. shit. We always trying to do that shit. You know what I mean? It's just interesting to me to see that playing out. But, again, salute to Color Me Social. Uh, we appreciate the honor, and we'll definitely be in the house. It's going to be cracking. Make sure y'all get y'all tickets come out. We're going to be kicking it, man. Um... You know, I, I, when when you when you say this idea of of networking horizontally, I just I had never thought about it until you you mentioned it to me. I don't know a year or two ago, whenever it was, you mentioned. It, I was like, damn, that make a whole lot of sense because um, I had never really thought about it. You know, that way I never really painted that picture in my head like you did. Um, I just think it's super super dope because it just makes sense. Like that's where you at, right? So you grow with those people as opposed to always trying to see somebody as above you or beneath you. And I just think that's not the way that we need to be moving. But uh, I want to shout out to to Scoop Jackson, um, legendary sports writer, Scoop, Scoop Jackson. Scoop. 
uh, Southside Zone, love, 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 scoop. Uh, ran into him up at Hallis with the Bears last week during the president press conference. Just tapped me on my shoulder. I'm going to turn around and scoop. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, shit. We in the fucking press conference and shit. But scoop is, scoop is my man. I love, love, love scoop. Um, scoop a legend. Jim. Scoop is an absolute legend. Absolute legend. He's a legend. He been doing this shit for so long. I remember him writing for, like, Slam. What I, what I really... What I've always loved and admired him for is the fact that I knew him when I was a kid. Um, I would walk to school every day. And on my walk to school, I would always pass his house. And he would just always just take time to chop it up with me and my partners. And as he was one of the only black men around there that was doing some positive, regular shit. He was, he was always on his way to work and we were on our way to school. We ain't know nobody else that was on their motherfucking way to work. So we saw him all the time. He had a black Pathfinder, which we thought was the rawest truck in the world at the time. And uh, he just always chop it up. Y'all, y'all out here on some bullshit, ain't y'all? Like, nah, we going to school. Like, y'all, y'all don't stay in trouble. He just chop it up, regular shit. Mm-hmm. And um, I mentioned that to him, you know, as as you know, I talked to him as an adult. And I was like, "School, you remember that shit?" And he was like, "Damn." He was like, "I remember that." He's like, "I didn't know that was you, cause I, I mean, I had been knowing even as I got older. We didn't always stay in touch. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, we had still, you know, had a, a relationship when we saw each mm-hmm. other. Yeah." And then he was like, oh, shit. He's like, I just remember talking to y'all all the time. I was like, yeah, bro. I was like, you don't know how much of an impact that had on me, on all of us. And I just, you know, I just, I, I always respected Scoop Jackson for that, man. So shout out to Scoop. And that was before we even knew what he did. It was, wasn't until sometime later where it was like, oh, shit. We were like reading the Slam magazine and shit. Like, Scoop Jackson. Oh, shit. That's dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and Scoop was a legend because he did it so authentically. So and he and he still does. Right, yeah, he's the genuine article, right? He is the South Side of Chicago. Hundred you know percent. I mean? He carries it like that. Every arena he's always been in, he's carried it that way. And he and he and he stayed he stayed down. Every time I see Scoop, is still on the South Side. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I, I I love I love 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 Scoop Jackson, man. So shout out to him. Yeah, Scoop. Um, few things we got to get into today too. Um, I don't know if you know, but the government is at its debt limit, which seems like they always are to me, <laughs> but somehow they they always find another way. But um, they are at their debt limit, and now they are considering drastic measures, and I think that this is just another, another thing that we kind of walk around just blindly about, just eyes wide shut of not understanding what's really at play around us. And you always talk about how black people are largely employed by government, and you're not wrong about that. Uh, when you talk about, you know, public school system, the postal service, police department, so on and so forth, that's mostly where we at with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, one of the drastic measures that the government is considering to take to alleviate some of this debt, or at least push it down the road a little bit further, is to delay the retirement funds and benefits of uh, postal workers. So now you got retire, retirees, people who either are or coming up on, that they like, mm, we probably going to, all that, you know, y'all going to work 30 years and have this pension coming in, we ain't, we ain't going to be able to cut that, we ain't going to be able to cut that check for you. The check you've been, the check we've been taking from you for the last 30 years to say, hey, this just so you have something later, we like, it ain't that for you. That's just flat out stealing. That's just flat out fucking stealing, G. Yeah, but you know, again, right? I always talk about we entering into that like fourth industrial, fourth economic revolution. The writing is on the wall. California, New York, eggs is ten dollars right now. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking about inflation every day. A trip to the grocery store is is a life decision. It, it, no matter what you buy, you spend a hundred dollars. Yeah, it is what it is, right? So the writing is on the wall. They're, they're making this just like any other country. Any other third world country, like when we think about America, the only thing that makes America America today is the middle class. It's a sustained middle class or an assumed sustained middle class, right? You've been to Jamaica, you've been, a, you know, you fairly well traveled. You go to these other places, you see wealth and you see poverty. Sick. You don't see the middle, no, right? And what we fooled ourselves was that to, a dead baby? That baby wasn't dead. Right, let's get to the result. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But that's how most of the dichotomy plays out in most countries, mm-hmm. right? So what America has been doing for, I don't know, some umpteen years, some right. 50 plus years, right. is, a, is lying about the, the structure of a middle class. Mm-hmm. Even to be considered middle class by certain standards today, 
Like, I remember one time this shit blew my mind, and this was years ago, bro. Mm-hmm. Years ago. I always talk about listening to NPR. And the dude, the white dude, obviously a white dude, you can hear his voice. They was talking about economics, and he called, and he was like, man, me and my wife are struggling. We're middle class, and, you know, now we have to pay this much for our summer home. And we laughing at that shit. And I was like, summer home, middle class? Motherfuckers is middle class don't have summer home. But he was informed enough to know his position and polarity. Mm-hmm. He was middle class in the American lexicon. Mm-hmm. Real middle class motherfuckers in the American lexicon do have summer homes. Yeah. What he recognized was, I'm not at the top of this wealth chart, but the bottom has shifted. Right. Right? Right. So we call ourselves middle class because we live in the suburbs, not giving any contention that the bank owns that home. Mm-hmm. The bank owns that car. Mm-hmm. You don't own that shit. And you two paychecks away from having to give it back. Mm-hmm. You're not in middle class. Right. You're lying and living in an illusion. But I think it's 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 sold and marketed in such a way that one, you you believe it, but you want to believe it. Like it's, it's sold as this thing, like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a, again, it's that vertical shit you was talking about. I want to be above somebody else. Mm-hmm. And as a person who sincerely does not view myself as above nor below, be clear about that too. As above nor below anybody else, I just never viewed it that way. And so it's like, to me, you, you're not going to sell me on this idea. What I see is people that have been firmly trapped in the middle of this construct. I'm at the top. I do whatever the fuck I want. To your point, I'm at the bottom. I do whatever the fuck I want. But if I am in the middle, I got to get up and run this race every single day to maintain this position, this illusion. I have to keep this up. Right. I have this facade that I've sold to the outside world. I have this facade that I've sold to myself and I am stuck doing this because I do have said address or said car key or said because I'm trying to survive the middle. And 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 that's a that's that's a race you stuck in. Right. And and in sports, we talk we talk about we call it that purgatory space when you are not the best team and you are also not the worst team, the worst team. Say like like the Bears had the worst record in the league this year. They are in a they much Damn. the worst record in the league this year. Damn, they, they, get, they, they get the number one draft pick. But because they were the worst team in the league this year, they are in a better position currently than whoever was the 15th, 16th best team in the league this year. You stuck in the fucking middle. You ain't the motherfucking Kansas City Chiefs, and you ain't the Bears neither. So mm-hmm. you don't get the resources that the Bears going to get with the number one draft pick and all this cap space and all this money and all this shit. You're just in the fucking middle. Now you just got to keep running this fucking race. And it's, you stuck there, G. And it is... It's not a good place to be, but that is the American dream that we have been sold and we buy at hook, line, and sinker, which is why when you go from being self-sustained and, and, and working for yourself for so long to getting the job, people will tell you, hey, congratulations, you welcome. I ain't never wanted to be here, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? A few things, though, right? When you start thinking about, one, the only reason this story even like resonated with me is because they made a distinct... Uh, uh, a push to, to to talk about canceling postal workers' pensions. Right, right. That was interesting to me because you don't usually hear that kind of specific specificity to what we're the, going what to, what the dissolution is. What the solution is. Right. For me, that resonated a little different. For me, that was an attack on black people. Legitimately, that. it was a legitimately an attack on black people because the motherfucker who's reporting this knows that 90% of the people employed at the post office is black people, mm. right? And again, like I said, we're in this fourth economic and industrial revolution, right? So when we think about them specifically making that statement, who the fuck else are you talking to? We're taking your pension. Who the fuck else could you be talking to? Well, I, I, I know for sure, to the, and again, it's the point you always make about where black people work. They're not in the private sector, by and large. By and large, we're in the public government sector in those government positions. So you're coming at at us with that, too. But a lot of people work at the post office, right? That being said, what it resonates to me is the consistency with this whole Amazon, Jeff Bezos era where we have seen it coming for quite some time that we don't even fucking need the post office. We don't. So we we just get into that space where it's like, yeah, we don't need you motherfuckers. Period. And once I decide I don't need you, it's fuck you in totality. It ain't, we ain't got to find an amicable split to say, oh, let me make sure you're okay and I'm okay. I'm a- fuck you. 
I don't need you no more. Mm-hmm. And so if once I, I don't need you, I don't need you at all. I'm, I'm not gonna say I don't need you, but I'm still gonna pay two, three generations of motherfuckers for 30 extra years after they done working. Even never mind, I already got your money. Never mind. That. We ain't talking about that. What you gonna do about it? You know, can you with my ass though? Mm-hmm. And like it's 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 in line with everything else that they've been doing up to this point. Well, what the fuck I need a mail carrier for when I can drop your mail from a drone? Or everything is fucking or email. Right, everything is paperless, right? That's what I'm, yeah. So everything is paperless, and anything that you need to order, we can drop it at your fucking front door. We don't need we don't need these people. All this people shit is dumb as hell. Um, I talked uh showed you the um the White Castle shit. It's a fucking robot. White Castle got these robots in there. Robot with a long ass arm that make fries, chicken rings, cheeseburgers, all this shit. Literally cut their workforce in half. I'm sure. And while they're doing this on the video, they got a black woman, right, out front. And I can almost sense the discomfort in her voice while she was saying this, but she's still championing it while she's doing it. She's like, yeah, you know, that that used to be a two-person station. Now we only need one person to do it, cut the workforce in half. And I'm like, ma'am, you work at White Castle, sweetheart. Yeah, it's going to cut you an opportunity. So, like... No disrespect, baby, but you we you don't understand that they cutting this workforce in half. You work here. Like you on the chopping block. Just cause you just cause you don't cook the fries, you like, oh, it ain't me. But they didn't they didn't cut whoever out of their fifteen dollar hour job, seventeen, I don't know what it is, whatever it is, you didn't cut these people out. How do we survive that? Right? When you think about artificial intelligence, when you think about the debt ceiling. When you think about the legalization of reefer, yeah, how do yeah. we as a populace survive what we're walking into essentially? All your ways to survive: fast food, you know, uh, low what do you call low training jobs, right? Low skill work, low skill work. I'm sorry, low skill work, right? And labor and, jobs. That's and, all and, dead. And, and black market. And right? black market. We know when, we know crack dead. And when I said weed, I said by weed large. on purpose because the average drug, the, the 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 you know the average black community or average any community. Not too many people are really doing hard drugs. No. Right? Marijuana is 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 lucrative because of how many people do it. The weed man been able to get by for generations. Yeah, you can survive off weed because so many people smoke weed. Yeah, I know niggas that didn't sell weed 20, 30, 40 years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I used to have, my dad used to have pounds of weed in my first ride. I know. You know what I'm saying? That was that's outside a, of my hustle, it's my status. That's a way to support. That's mm-hmm. a way to, to eat. And now it's like, nah, we're gonna take that from y'all too. So y'all don't get that. And we're gonna take Y'all minimum wage jobs away too, and just put one robot in there, and all you niggas can go somewhere else. And then, and then what? And then what? It leaves y'all to eat each other, right? For as long as that, as long as that's something to do, eventually even that's gonna fucking run out. And then when that happens, the only thing that's gonna be left is for everybody to do what we've been imploring people to do for the last seven years that we've been having this fucking conversation, which is to look inward. And let love be the solution. Stop letting money be the fucking answer to every fucking thing. We not in the money game for real, G. Man, I, I transitioning just a little bit. I had the opportunity to sit down with mayoral candidate Paul Vallis this weekend. And I was invited to this little private meeting. And it might have been, I don't know, 20, 25 people in the room at best. And I was just tripping because the only people there was like, School officials, mm-hmm. you know, and gang members, old gang members, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm, one, I'm just peeping the interactions and how the, the feel and vibe of the conversation went. And you could see that one, the vast majority of the people in the room were ignorant, and I mean ignorant in the context of politics, mm-hmm. right? Also, uh, when you think about that, who he brought into the room, right? And I said school. I'm sorry, I meant churches. Church mm. officials and gang members, mm. right? And when and when we think about black institutions, those are really the only black institutions that exist. That's real, right? And when I look at them from from the outside in, right, I have a certain angst about the religious community. I feel like they're mostly pimps. I feel like they mostly take advantage of people. I feel like historically they have a different value asset in our community, but currently they just take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. I think traditionally and historically the gang chiefs, that's been their whole model of business since business started. 
right? We here to pillage if we can pillage. Get down and lay down. Get down and lay down. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching and I'm paying attention and I realize, like, everybody in the room is a mercenary. I'll be whatever you need me to be for the right amount, right? And because we move like that, because we're mercenaries, there is no real contingency to a black narrative. Hence, every every election cycle, you're going to be chasing whatever the bag is. Or every year you create a new a new family or a new generation, they're going to be chasing, vis- I mean, vitality and, 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 and value for somewhere else because we've not yet created our own narrative. Right. You know what I mean? I just think it's very interesting, like, who was in the room, why they was in the room, and the influence that they really do have. Like, if you can... Uh, 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 convene the, the 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 gang members, the old head gang members, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the church. You could pretty much move most of the black community. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just was very interesting to see that shit play out. No, that matters, and I, I think that when you when you when you get down to the crux of it, that's what that's what America is. G, what can we scare you into, and what can we influence you off of? And religion and the streets do both of those things very very well. I can threaten you, and I can fucking influence you, right? And even religion uses fear. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna go to hell. You're gonna burn it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think both of those, both of those two entities, operate off some of the same principles. You know Absolutely. what I mean? About this blind loyalty, about this one-sided truth, about um, you know, selling these narratives. And and then and then throwing their weight around to get what they want, and somebody might might use a gun or whatever. Somebody might use their parishioners. You know what I'm saying? Like this, mm-hmm. it's it's whatever. And I think either way it works. But I'm 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 glad you mentioned that because you know we was having this conversation before uh, the cameras came on about the necessity of servants to be unblemished, right? Or, or to be of a certain presentation. And I don't know that that's necessary. Um, I don't know that it's realistic, but even more so than realistic, I don't know that it's necessary. I don't know that you can't genuinely do good for the people of the people while simultaneously being a weed smoker or promiscuous or whatever. I think it's disingenuous to assume, like we said, should they be perfect? I think that's a disingenuous statement, Mm -hmm. right? I think in order to be a servant, you must have empathy, right? Sure. And usually empathy grows from experience, right? I can see the flaws in me. And I value me still, which allows me to seize the flaws in other people and, and still, still have value, value for them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But I think there's a, I think this is a very layered conversation, sure, right? Uh, and I think in this moment in time, we live in this kind of twilight zone of a world where up is down and down is up, mm-hmm. and I think that attention has become a currency. Like there's also this conversation no that, doubt. you know, those who are called rarely come, and those who rarely come. Those who are, wait, those who are called rarely come. And those who come are rarely called, mm-hmm. right? So oftentimes what you see is people in certain positions, positions as servants. When we think about politicians, that's a servant's position. Right. When we think about pastors, that's a servant's position if you believe in the doctrine of Jesus. No doubt. Right, but it's a whole bunch of people in that pulpit pretending. It's a whole bunch of wolves in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. right? So at some levels, it's hard to decipher. So when you hear people say, man, fuck the church or, Fuck the politicians. I get it. But at their core, they're both value, valuable, mm-hmm. right? As their core, sure. in, in the authentic polarity, right? right? right. As a serving other people. But because this shit is such a hodgepodge of cons, right. you don't know who's who and what's who's what. Legit, right. So in this environment where attention becomes a motherfucking currency, currency mm-hmm. sometimes you can see through the truth if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Right, if you are doing rap videos and running for, I don't know, mayor, it looks weird to me. Mm-hmm. Right, it looks weird to me. Is it is it really to be a servant of the people, or is it because you're just an attention whore and every avenue to get more attention, you you gonna go for it? No right? doubt. 
if you're, you know, I don't know, feeding the homeless. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you <laughs> on OnlyFans too. I don't know. Which is it just for attention or are you genuinely, you know, concerned about the the well being of the homeless? I, I, and what I'm and what I'm asking you is, can it be both? Can two things be true? So Surely, I, I got right? I, I got a saying that I got a saying, and uh, I, I I came up with this while I was going through divorce, <laughs> and it is that two truths don't make a lie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You, like we both we we both went through something. You have a perspective on it. I have a perspective on it. My perspective is absolutely my truth. Your perspective on it is absolutely your truth. And though those two things may be different, that doesn't necessarily make one a lie. Does my truth and your truth equate to the truth? I, I would think it has to be in there. Yeah, see, I struggle, G. Right? We ain't never really specifically got into the issue we had with Maze Jackson. Not specific. Right? But I'm gonna be real with you. Every morning I wake up, I listen to Maze Jackson. Really? Every morning. Wow. Right? Every morning. I think Maze is very informed. But also because I know who he is, I can listen without the blinders. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many other people are listening without the blinders. Mm -hmm. Right? But I can listen and say, though he has great information, I know he's a dirtbag. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I can see through the great information to when he moves into his dirtbag polarity. Because mm -hmm. I have already decreed that this is a fucking dirtbag. Mm -hmm. Right? So, but he's on, he's selling a message of being a servant of the people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not getting into Maze Jackson. He saluted the Bigs the other day. So I, I, I you know, I'm not trying to shit on Maze Jackson. Uh, yeah, we but some that of the things so that, yeah, over it, with. it's over with. I'm not tripping. <laughs> but he did like authentically dirtbag shit to us. No doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. While all we did was try to aid and shape his situation. No doubt. There's no reason to do dirtbag shit to us. There's no doubt about that. Those are facts. Right? So when he gets on that platform and talks to these people every morning and presents himself in an honorable fashion, I can honor your message. I don't have any honor for you. But the vast majority of listeners probably honor him and don't understand the message. Okay, I think that lends to my point. To be quite honest with you, I think that, I think that you're making the point that two things can be true. You can be of value and of some service to people, and you can still be less I don't, than I don't, I don't know honorable if, on some other shit. I don't know if we are sharing the point, though. Okay. You can have the information. Sure. But because I recognize you as a dirtbag, I can surely value all of the information you put out there. When you start to try to move me certain ways, my first thought is, I know this dirtbag motherfucker doing something underhanded. Sure. Right? So most times when he jumps behind certain people or supports certain things, I immediately attach it to dirtbag shit. <laughs> Can't fuck with them. I don't fuck with that. <laughs> Great information for this. But you're on some dirtbag shit here. What's up, E? I was going to say, yeah, but then if you are not two and you're a person who don't have the information, you fall in line with the flow. But you if just I'm dare to be kind. But if I'm receiving new information that is helpful, that does, um, that is beneficial, you know, and I don't know that he's a dirtbag, for instance, or that this person is a dirtbag, is that still okay then for that information that I'm receiving? Hear what I'm saying. I'm an information junkie. I think there's two different things. I don't want to be calling these people dirtbags because we love our <laughs> right. dirtbags. Right. We've, we've You're right. Let's that get term. another Dirt name. Yeah, are good. He's a right. scumbag. We are, okay, let's go with scumbag. <laughs> he's a scumbag. 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 Dirtbags are cool. Come on, dirtbags. He's a scumbag. Come on, dirtbags. Make sure y'all right. sign up for the Patreon. Become but, an official. But, 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 but again, right, I think there's a difference. Look how we operate, though, right? We deem anybody in the public purview as leadership. So we're looking for somebody to guide us, which is a problem in itself. I'm not going to say that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Right? But when you take on the responsibility, because there is a responsibility that comes with that. Mm -hmm. I think you should try to walk in the polarity of honor. I think it's a duty. So, I struggle, man, because I, I've, I've always lived in appreciation of duality. My own and other people's. Just, but my own, too. I've always been like, you very well may see me stumbling out of the strip club at 3 a.m. on a Saturday night. 
And then you also very well may see me at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, either at the church or leading the community rally. And I'm very sincere in both. I was 100% tuned in to that ass shaking and smacked it with everything in me last night. And I'm 100% tuned in to this neighborhood rally and sincere about building this community this morning. Like, it, here's I'm both of them niggas. Here's I'm where, not faking on either side. Here's where I'm going to stop you, though. I'm not saying that that's not genuine. The person who stumbles out of the Saturday night, whatever, mm -hmm. and falls into the church on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying, the part that bothers me is the presentation and promotion of what I did Saturday night okay. to presentate and yeah, promote that. to what I'm doing Sunday morning. It creates a it creates an oxymoronic view and understanding of the message, right? Like we all know the story of Malcolm, mm -hmm. the pimp, the you know, Malcolm came from a long line of this. But could Malcolm stand in the polarity of being the honorable Muslim and then champion his pit past? What Malcolm did was say, hey, man. I had it wrong. I, I fucked up. Right. I'm not judging y'all for being fucked up, but I had to move past that. We Matter of fact, Bump is my man. Right. And I'm telling him he fucked up. Right. Right? right. So if I'm, if I'm recognizing that, at least I'm striving for more honorable mm -hmm. polarity. They bogus as hell for whatever they did to that epic shit, this MGM Plus, and trying to make me pay to watch the shit again. Like, I've already had that shit. Now, I can't watch the, the third season out right now, and I can't watch it without paying $6 a month. I'm pissed. Mm. Um, but anyway, no, I, I feel you, man. I, I just think that, especially in, 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 these, in, in this day and time, where there is this weird dichotomy about the attention and it, it having uh, value, right, as a currency. And so I think that when people do these things to gain attention to themselves, it kind of lends itself to supporting their other works, right? And so if I am, if I am sincerely feeding the homeless, if I'm genuinely doing that, but also people might throw me a few dollars because they think I'm pretty. So I, maybe, I, maybe I flash a little thirst trap and then come back with an ax the next day. Is that right? I, I don't know. But I've sat here on many a time and said, I don't know what right or wrong is. It's a really a power conversation when you get into right and wrong. I don't know, I don't know that it's any less helpful to the hungry know, homeless. I don't, I don't know if it's a power conversation. Okay. Or if it's a value conversation. Mm -hmm. Right? My conversation is about that this attention shit is such a currency that now we can't tell which one of these are valid. I think I think that's a that's an individual thing, right? So while you can sit while you can sit and watch Maze and be like, oh, okay, that's some that's some good information, scumbag, right? But hear me somebody out. Somebody else though. may not, and maybe even I didn't even explain that clearly. Mm -hmm. Your information doesn't lead itself to letting me lead you. While a whole, I know a whole heap of motherfuckers that's in that audience is walking in alignment with whatever you say. Sure, you know what I mean. Matter of fact, like when motherfuckers start to idolize and herald me, I push back like, no, no, no. I'm not your leader. Don't follow me, homie. Follow my moves. I'm not a role model. My bad influence got the world drinking gold bottles. I'm not your leader. Yeah. Right? But be clear, though. There is a level of responsibility to opening up yourself to the public. It, it just is. Regardless of whatever statement I make saying, yeah, I'm... I'm not your leader. I still have to carry myself with certain levels of respect and, and accountability to the people who tune into my message. It just is what it is, right? If I was up here rapping or, 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 or in the strip club or whatever I sold myself to be, yeah, the limits differ. They do. The limits differ. But if I'm up here saying to the world I'm a servant of the people, I'm here as a servant of the people. Okay. Right? I just think it looks a little shaky when you start to mar into some of that non-honorable shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, Publicly. I, I dig it. I dig it. I, de I definitely think it's a conversation worth having. I guess where I would tend to or I would tend to fall in on this thing at is just that we are in such a dire strait that I don't know that we need to be about the business of nitpicking at our servants because of wherever they may be lacking or deficient in other areas of their life. I think that's why we're in such a dire strait, though. Because we moralists. There is no standard. I think that's why we're in such a dire strait.
personally. All right. We'll leave that. But that's something, that's definitely something we're going to continue to come back to. That's 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 worthwhile. Um, 21 Savage. Rapper. You said he's he's involved philanthropically in some areas. Uh, huh? They all are. Yeah, I right, mean, quote unquote. Yeah, 20, 21 Savage rapper. Um, I wouldn't call him a philanthropic leader, but of course, with all these entertainers, they're always showcasing. Yeah, you're involved when somewhere. Doing something. You're giving whether it's, I'm giving, giving out turkeys shoes, or, or turkeys, buying gifts. Christmas toys, whatever yep. it is. Yep. Um, that being said, he has a clip that's gone all over the internet. Uh, from the uh, social media interaction thing, Clubhouse, the audio thing, Clubhouse, where he's on there. And I don't even know who he's talking to, to be honest with you. He said, Cap, you from Chicago, but I would be hard-pressed to believe he was talking to Cap One. Um, he wasn't talking to Cap One, but he was talking to some Chicago people. Yeah, he call, he call, whoever he was talking to, he called him Cap, and I was like, that, that he Cap can't be in this conversation. <laughs> Not that Cap. It yeah, cap. <laughs> like, ain't no way. Um, but anyway, um, in the conversation... You know, he's glorifying, you know, the 30-some. Every time me and my crew get into it with some niggas, 30 of them niggas pop up dead. Don't nothing happen to us. You would die, fam. You would die talking to me crazy like that. You talking like all the Chicago niggas, like y'all ain't up there dying and shit. And it's like, hey, 21, cool out, my boy. I think this is the same conversation, right? It so is. The, the the philanthropy, does, the, does that absolve him of saying I'm responsible for 30 bodies? Nope. Yeah, I struggle, bro. Even if you're not really responsible for 30 bodies. Right. The fact that you pushing this kind of a message out. Right. You know what the I mean? The fact that you have the platform that you have and you you see fit to, to glorify murder by the dozens. I struggle, bro. Black murder by the dozens. I clear. struggle, right? I, I just... But then tomorrow if he donates, you know... Right, and then it's going to be like, oh, look at Savage. $100,000 to a college or to HBCUs, then it's going to be like, oh, that's so great. Yeah, no, nah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a ripple effect to that shit, man. And shout out Bunk Moreland from The Wire when he was talking to Omar. He was like, he was like, you don't think all this death and this murder ripples out? Because Omar, for all of the savage shit that he did, all the killing and robbing and shit Omar did, there was this Robin Hood type nature to Omar. There was this high... Almost moral value, honor right? Attached. Yeah, to, to to Omar, right? Uh, and Bunk saw straight. Bunk was like, "Nigga, no, none of this is honorable, right? bro." And, but but Omar was like, "I ain't never put my gun on nobody that wasn't in the game, bro." You didn't kill fifty people in the city, bro. Yeah, you think they have a family? That ripples out, and that's what Bunk is yeah. telling him. He's like, "That ripples out." He's like, "Out by where that girl fell, I saw kids acting like Omar, glorifying your ass, calling you by name." That's a ripple effect to this shit, ripple dog. Ripple effect, bro. That's a ripple effect to this shit. You didn't just kill one dope dealer. And, and, and to that point of having no boundaries and and the, no real moral or no 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 clear line of demarcation. Just this weekend, no massive man, the girl's in there getting her son's haircut at the barbershop. She walk out with her two sons. Another woman runs up and stabs her to death in front of her two sons. Come on, man. There's no standard. Like It used to be when they finna start shooting, young boys go home. That don't happen no more. Now we putting the guns in the young boy's hands. All I'm saying is that all these lines keep getting pushed further and further away from the middle, and it's like every, we can't accept Either we everything. Either we draw the line somewhere or there we There has to be some standard, right? right? So when you standing up in the polarity of uh, uh, of a of a uh, Ida B. Wells or or the polarity of a a uh, 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 Washington, but you still, on, but you still ain't on your be juke dancing at the at the even when you get elected. You know what I mean? You still on it's, your Megan Thee Stallion. There's certain bro. shit you got to stand in the per proper polarity. Be him. If you're going to strive to be that person, be that person. At least to public purview. I don't know if Harold Washington was a freaky pervert behind closed doors. <laughs> he might have been. Washington. <laughs> right. I don't fucking know. Right. That's his prerogative to be. Back, be, back then. Right? But don't push that out to the public when you right. present yourself as Harold the man in the purview of black people and you see the value that we reap from that. I can go with that. That's my problem. I can go with that. And, I, and definitely when you talk about, you know, somebody being with their two sons and running up and stabbing them, like, that, there's going to be ripple effects to them shorties, G. And they're going to be fucked up forever. Forever. Just to receive some shit. I don't care how small they are. Man. There's going to be memories of that kind of shit. Like, Check this. This might be a relationship Friday conversation. But the girl from 3LW comes out this week and says she let the boys from B2K run a train on her. The girl from 3LW came out this week. Did she, did she, did she, did she, did she even know her? Did she? 
It don't she matter. probably lost one of them White Castle jobs to the robot. The point I'm making is this, right? You are a mother now. She talks about, in the same interview, she's talking about her children. Why you got, nigga, the fact that I'm talking about your ass says that that message of you getting a train ran on your ass is out in the ethos. Dog, you if said I have it yourself. children, why would I want them to have to go to school and be like, man, your mama a train, Vic? You said it yourself that 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 popularity is, is currency. Attention that's, is currency. That's some cool so she's leveraging anything else for that currency of attention, G. And so you see her talking about the B2K boys ran a train on me. You see uh, uh, Diddy, Diddy lady talking about she would like to get peed on. Like, sweetheart, I don't, whatever you into in your bedroom, Herb is never going to judge you for that. As long as it is, it is between two or more consenting adults, Herb don't give a fuck what happened in your bedroom. Everybody you want to pee on somebody, do your shit. But why is that a public conversation that you like to get peed on, sweetheart? Like, why is that a public conversation? Other than the fact that you know it's gonna grab attention, and attention is currency. And why? Because it went viral. P did that. P Diddy shit was funny. And why we voyeurs to everybody's lives? Why we voyeurs to everybody's lives? Like we, we looking in everybody's bedroom. We're looking in everybody's mirror, everybody's window. Like that ain't your fucking business, man. That's the only shit that's out here is entertainment these days. And it's only entertainment. It just blows me, G. Like, you got children, family, and you on the fucking interview talking about, yeah, they ran train on me. I'm not embarrassed. You should be. Because you definitely finna make them little kids embarrassed. Yeah, you should be. But uh, unfortunately. And did nobody know that shit? Shut the fuck up. You could be a hoe and not know. Everybody got to know your whole business. It, it, you're right. It just, it just, that shit irks me, G. Shut you, the fuck up. You're right. I'm with you, I'm with you on that. You can just shut the fuck up. Um... To the point of, of of toxic behavior that is going to have lasting impacts on children. This shit, I don't. I want to give like a sensitivity warning for the topic that we're about to discuss. Uh, this shit may be triggering, cause this is maddening. Like this is infuriating, and like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all, man? And like. Again, to certain behaviors that we want to champion and uplift and be like, oh, this is okay. This is all fine. Until it ain't. You have a gay couple, two men, um, two white men, gay couple, adopt two small children, two boys. They adopt these two boys, and they have now been, the men have now been charged with raping these two young boys, child molestation, and pimping these two young boys out to other local pedophiles. You two gay dudes get together. Y'all want to adopt some kids. Now, kids that are up for adoption have already had it rough. They've already drawn a tough start to life just in general. Just the fact that they up for adoption. I know it's a myriad of reasons why kids can end up being up for adoption. And, you know, a lot of people adopt them and, and, and show them great lives and lead them to bright futures, and that is to be honored and saluted. But it ain't no, it ain't no real good situation that leads no child into the adoption agency. You know what I'm saying? So they've already been through some shit. Y'all... Adopt them, sexually assault, molesting, and raping these boys, and then y'all start selling them to other pedophiles to also rape these young boys. Man, kill these motherfuckers, Joe. For, like, kill both of they dumbass in the middle of the street with like needles. Just poke their ass with needles until they die. G. This is this is beyond. This beyond some. This is next level shit. This is the devil, G. Are these all white people? These are white people, G. These are two gay white men. Did they adopt white babies? Two. I need to know. Yes. Okay. I'm a little more comfortable having this conversation now. I'm listening. <laughs> so serious, though. Those are valid questions. No. I'm not being funny. I think. Uh, <sighs> I think who the who the who the abusers are is a valid question. The victims know. I don't think that matters. You got to fucking relax, bro. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're making me 
<laughs> you make it light of this, and I'm not. I just I'm making light of this. I asked very basic questions. I did ask a very basic question. You the wildest nigga in America. No, I Joe. did. It was a basic question. I didn't say, "Hey, I'm not mad at them. They still horrible people." Less horrible than if they were black children. <laughs> like that's a little less horrible than if they were black children. God damn, too. I asked a basic uh, question. That's all I asked. All I'm saying is this is a extremely heinous act and heinous crime, and these people need to be not only prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, G, you need to, like, it's something more that you went and sought out these troubled children already. They didn't already been adopted. They come from a broken home, or their parents died, or their parents strung out, or some shit. They already done been through some shit, so they in the adoption system already. They in the foster care. Y'all adopt these motherfuckers. The country didn't set it up to where y'all y'all can be, you know, two fathers, two whatever you have. Y'all call yourself. Y'all can do that. Y'all go adopt these kids. Y'all bring them into this home, and y'all fucking on these boys, and then so, selling them so other pedophiles can fuck on them. I agree. This shit is heinous. Kill these motherfuckers slow and painfully, G. But last week, I made mention of, or the week before that, I made mention of a sister who had did some research into her family lineage and found out she was, like, really sad because she found that her great-great-great-grandmother, first record of birth, came at seven years old. Mm. This is a real, real-life mm-hmm. stat, real data. Mm-hmm. Right, and we don't think about the commonality of that. Like we had breeding farms, right? So again, I'm not making light of nothing that goes on here, but I am being honest when I say, if they all white, it ain't my concern. It, it really ain't my concern. You know what I mean? Uh, but it does speak to the totality of the conversation in my mind, right? So think about that shit, right? The, the her birth record, first birth record was at seven years old, right? Right. Nobody in that lexicon, nobody around that saw that as disgusting. Nobody saw that as disgusting because it was normalized. These are just property, right? This is a a regular behavior. We can breed these children. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. But because these people in the the eyes of the uh, 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 social normalities in that moment in time weren't even viewed as people, right? So we could do whatever to that. Right? Think about how the public lexicon, I just said the lady ran up on the lady coming out the barbershop with her two children, stabbed this motherfucker to death. We don't even see each other as humans because we will not create barriers. The police flipped the car with the two black boys in it, killed Fuck them. Fuck them. Right? So we cannot have champion certain behaviors over here. And I know we say we not champion, but how many motherfuckers tuned in to the Carisha show to talk about or to see her talk about getting peed on after they knew that was the conversation was? I want to just see her say it. Right? We are we're applauding these perversions of life. And we have people who are legitimately sick out here. Mm-hmm. And then you start championing these fucking behaviors, whether consciously or unconsciously. Sure. And this shit feeds on itself. Sure. So again, man, my responsibility to this planet at this point in time is the protection of my people. Protection of my tribe. Protection of the souls and goals of my folk. That's fucked up. That's the best I got. It's terrible, man. I hope those I hope those boys are able to get the counseling, support, whatever's going to take for them to live some semblance of normal lives, having been uh, repeatedly sexually assaulted, raped, and and pimped out to pedophiles as such young boys. That shit is heartbreaking. It's tragic. And uh, them motherfuckers need to be stoned to death in the middle of the fucking street. Um, I would ask you how you feel about the uh, state lawmakers here in Illinois uh, sending $20 million for care and housing of migrants, but uh, considering those migrants aren't black people, I'm pretty sure I know what you got to say about that. <laughs> We've been replaced, right? Again. Yeah. Right? In order for this economy to survive, you need slaves. We just talked about them taking the money from the post office. Right. You can only do that because they're citizens. Right. Right. You understand me? If I don't have to pay you motherfuckers a uh, livable wage, 
I don't never, you don't, I don't even collect that. We hit the reset button on the bottom. Yeah, they hit the reset button on the bottom, and we're going to suffer behind that shit. Right? There's a reason why you can drive past the construction site and jump out the car, and nobody over that motherfucker speak English. They're not supposed to be there. Matter of fact, I'd employ every one of you motherfuckers. Every time you drive past somewhere and you see a bunch of Mexicans working, stop and call the police. <laughs> I, don't, I, I would say don't do No, that. I'm saying do. Call ICE. I'm so serious. Gee, we don't understand the dire straits that we up against. I'm, you think they wouldn't do it to you? Didn't y'all hear that story about the Amazon black dude? The Amazon black dude goes to war for the Mexican dude that they fight. Mm-hmm. He galvanizes everybody to walk out of Amazon. They let the, all these motherfuckers back in, and then they fire his monkey ass. Nobody moves. See you, senor. See bye-bye. Bye-bye, senor. Fuck out of here, man. We so stupid. <sighs> Hey, I'm just saying. I know don't nobody want to hear the truth. Two ain't nothing if he ain't loyal and and committed to his team, man. I I, I appreciate that. Uh, I tend to, I tend to. Bye to, bye, Bobby. I I tend to extend my loyalty to uh six year old rape victims, but uh you. <laughs> I don't have any loyalty to him. I'm empathetic. <laughs> Fuck, that's fucked up. Right, but if that whole community has a history of this behavior. Yeah. My problem is. Because we've bought into their value set, we're beginning to emulate their behavior. And then we start to champion the shit by saying, well, you know, can't you be bold for, you know, why should we put restrictions on? No, 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 no. There's a governor on the goddamn speedometer for a reason. All right. Fair enough, man. We'll leave it right there uh, for today. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to tune into this conversation. Find out where you come in on these things at. Really sit, spend some time with yourself in terms of what is required of you as a servant, of other people as a servant. Does that require uh, uniformity or alignment in terms of morality across the board? Or can there be some duality to those situations? And what does that look like? Does that duality have to be only behind closed doors? Can it not be a public thing? What does that look like for y'all? Please leave it in the comments on how y'all feel about those things and everything else. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube page. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. It would be so nice for every person that actually likes the show to hit the like button because it would help the show. So please, 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 if you would be so kind, take a quick second to hit the like button. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Uh, Patreon is also available for anybody who wants to become an official dirt bag and see the Relationship Friday shows live as they are recorded on Tuesday before we get to chop and edit and take things out uh, to make two not seem so much of a dirtbag. Uh, check out the um, and check out the um, Spotify, the, yeah. and the iTunes, right? Maybe you don't want right, to see the, the visuals. Maybe you're right. interested in Herb's one point, right? Maybe you just want to hear it. That's facts. Now you can listen. You can listen to it in the audio. It sound it sounds so good. You listen to it on DSPs. Give you a you different experience your, when you listen to it too. No, nah, for real. You get to paint the picture for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you while you out driving or you on your train ride in to work, whatever it is, listen to it on the Spotify, Apple. Uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your to your podcast, you can listen to Herb and to that. So please rock with those as well. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We will see y'all next time for the dopest producer in the podcast game. We like to call her E for O. What would you prefer to be called? Peggy. Erica Ford Oliver, please. Peggy, 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 Bundy. Bundy, 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 Peggy, Bundy. When you see Erica Ford Oliver, we Peggy, implore Peggy, y'all Peggy. to run up and say, hey, say, hey Peggy. Peggy, it's the Pexter, baby. Hey, Peggy. <laughs> it's going to be warm soon enough. We're going to be back outside whenever y'all gotta, see E4O. We got to make Please Peggy popular like Becky was popular. Please call her Peggy. The Pexter. The Pexter. We're going to get a T-shirt to say Pexter. Pexter. <laughs> <laughs> the Pexter is back. <laughs> hey, when I found that clip, when I found that clip from Rocky, when he was talking to Adrian, and she's like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you want to do it? He's like, I'm scared, okay, I'm, I'm scared, scared, okay. I'm scared. Was like, <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 hey, pegging or not, she's the best producer in the podcast game. <laughs> Shout out to P.I., man. By the time y'all see this, it will look dope. That is because of that brother putting his magical touches on it. Shout out to the dark skinned twin, Dolo right, today, the light skinned twin. 
is not here. The, the original twin, Michael Jackson. The original Michael Jackson. Uh, I'm talking about motherfucking ABC one two three Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. This Mike Big nose Pepsi. Michael Jackson. You, you know, know what I mean? <laughs> Mike Precurl. Nappy head Mike. <laughs> Doing all the hard work, man. Holding down two jobs today, man. His name is Ron Rilla. We love him to death. For two, my name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Assalamu alaikum.